It's not a product, it's a technology. It's an education challenge. A regenerative suspension. There will be a growing demand for industrial photovoltaics. Pumped hydro. Innovation in the financing space. The high-speed train is in all our interests. All political lines. Australia is a solar paradise. The market is moving much faster than that. You've got something that's transformational. Solar window in a can. Beyond Zero. Global warming science, solutions and action. Taking it to a do-it-yourself level. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Beyond Zero show. We're coming to you from the studios of 3CR Melbourne, syndicated around Australia on the Community Radio Network and podcast on the internet at 3cr.org.au. Both the BZE Community Show and our show are now also available on iTunes and Stitcher. So please subscribe and rate us to help others find the shows. My name is Kay Wenigal and I'm joined again today by my co-host Natalie Bucknell. Hello Kay, hello listeners. BZE, as you know, has produced many reports over the last decade showing how the transition to beyond zero emissions can occur in major sectors of the Australian economy. With the most recent regional reports, the impacts can be assessed relatively easily, but for larger and broader earlier plans, what has the impact been and how can we gauge that impact? So to that end, BZE commissioned two students to assess these reports And today we're going to be talking to Madeline John, who worked on the impact assessment report for the buildings plan. Hi, Maddie. Thanks for joining us. Hi, how are you going? Thank you for having me. Firstly, Maddie, can you tell us a bit about yourself and how you came to be involved with this BZE work? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm currently studying uh, science and global studies at Monash University. And basically with one of their subjects, they put me into contact with BZE for an internship program. So over the winter holidays, I came in once or twice a week for about four or five weeks to total about 75 hours. However, I did a lot more work than that (laughs) because I was very interested in the topic to work on an impact assessment report for the buildings plan. Let's start at the start. When was the building plan released and what were some of its major recommendations? Yeah, so it was released in 2013 and, I mean, there was there was a plethora of, of things that it suggested. The, the biggest takeaways, I think, were the fact that it suggested to have gasless buildings, um, both commercial and residential, increasing in the amount of insulation and heating water capabilities and then also using renewables such as solar energy, which I think is the, the biggest, one of the biggest things, as well as, yeah, the gasless buildings. So I think those two were probably the most the prevalent. Yeah, yeah, the major ones that certainly... So essentially renewables. Yes, correct. Yeah, absolutely. So renewables and things that actually mean that you have like a net zero output in your your household. So going fully electric for buildings wasn't being discussed much at the time? Well, yeah, from from what I could understand, especially speaking with the people I did, it was, yeah, to be fully electric was the the future, um, just to allow, yeah, I guess having a zero carbon output and if anything, having a positive uh, output in the in the long run by having you know solar panels and things that contribute to you know as a payback scheme and etc so that you can actually end up uh, benefiting from from the whole scheme. Like most reports, most of BZE's reports that is, they come up with some amazing concepts and a gasless building. Who would have thought of that in those days? Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, I mean. In 2013, it probably wasn't something that I was really thinking about in terms of a household or a home, but certainly since since working on this report, it's certainly something that we've been speaking at, about at home, particularly with my parents as well, discussing the opportunities for solar panelling and just reducing our, our emissions in, in full. 
So when I look at any BZE plan, I try and think of how you'd go about ascertaining the effectiveness of the plan. And I'm really glad then that I was never asked. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bit daunting, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) So, Maddie, can you describe what the brief was from BZE when you started or were you to develop it yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the the incredible staff um, at BZE certainly helped along the entire pathway of developing this methodology. But the initial sort of consult with um, Vanessa was to... So Vanessa's the CEO. Yes, correct. Yes. Vanessa Petrie, the the CEO of BZE. um, She sat down with me on my first day and just said, do an impact assessment (coughs) report for the buildings plan. And it was kind of like... (laughs) uh, That's not easy. Okay. Like... Yep, can do. And I mean, she she had plenty of suggestions in terms of internet trawling was, I think, the biggest thing that she said. She just wanted to get an understanding about what was currently out there um, using platforms such as Way Back When, etc. So just seeing where the report was referenced. Yeah, exactly. And then Heidi Lee, um, she was also very helpful in that sort of process. She suggested focusing more on the ideas of a a qualitative assessment, which was speaking to the people that were involved with the report, the volunteers, that sort of side of things. So having that sort of, I guess, yeah, qualitative and quantitative balance between the two. So how did the report evolve from there? So I'm quite a visual person. So I think what I did was basically just do a massive mind map. And I wrote down like I read um, most of the report, it's a, a beefy report full of incredible information. Um, and I read most of it and basically just tried to map out the things that I wanted to speak to people about or research further, such as contacting ABCB, Dell. Sorry, what's ABCB? Um, the Australian <laughs> Buildings Code Board. Great. Um, I think if I, <laughs> I remember right, that correctly. Yeah. And then, yeah, basically just trying to contact as many people as possible through online platforms, um, basically typing in a little question bar on their on their, their website searches to try and, I guess, yeah, get an understanding about who knows about the report, was there any impact from that report, et cetera. So it sort of just, it took on a mind of its own, really. It sort of just kept on tumbling in and falling into these, yeah, amazing places. So it was interesting to see that part of your methodology was actually identifying the question. Yeah, so like I said, I think it the question changed quite a bit. I had the the privilege of speaking with people from Think Impact and also hearing um, Jen speak at PWC. Who PWC. Are both, yeah, I don't know what it stands for, but they're both um, impact assessment um, specialists, essentially. Mm. So they work with um, non-for-profits such as BZE in that, that space. So like the Alana and Madeline Foundation, I know that PWC worked quite closely with. Not Waterhouse Coopers then. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they suggested that, the, the focus was, yeah, really about people and making it personable so that people can actually relate to what they're reading rather than, you know, sort of just seeing numbers and facts and figures as much as that obviously appeals to lots of other people when they see the, the economic side of things. So I think for me, defining the question was, one, just make this impact, like the impact assessment personable. So both in my delivery of how I wrote it and understanding how it impacted people individually. And then as a side project, I guess, having um, quantitative measures. So the quantitative side of it wasn't that pronounced? Yeah. So I I think if I certainly had more time or potentially 
resources to be able to find out the more quantitative side of things, that certainly would find really, really interesting information, um, such as, you know, the number of report downloads or the number of reports just published in general, um, information I wasn't actually able to track down. Why was that? Well, it's sort of hidden in a whole bunch of different folders and and forms and I was trying to scroll through them you know through Dropbox methods and and whatnot and obviously the the staff at BZE are obviously very very busy as well with their own projects that you know I didn't you know Cara and myself who was another person that worked on um, one of the other reports we both sort of just tried to to do it basically by ourselves trying to to find out as much as we could by ourselves so that hypothetically if this was to be done in the future we could find a way to actually streamline that process so like with the new northern territory plan as well it would be you know that feedback that I've given back to BZE is saying you know is there a way that we can access Mm. the downloads and the the published print reports and etc so that it's a bit more sort of um, I guess, accessible. So yeah. part of your project ended up being developing a methodology that can be applied in the future. Correct. So that, that yeah, that certainly would be, yeah, the, the defining question, I guess, in, in the end, something that I wanted to have for not just BZE, but also for my own personal use as well, to be able to understand the the downfalls of doing impact assessment reports by yourself or, you know, without too many resources, but also the incredible things that you do learn from doing something like this as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's great to understand the limitations and, and the possibilities. Absolutely. Scope. Understanding scope and just sort of, you know, if, yeah, if I had a million hours and, and all the money in the world, you know, the impact assessment report could be phenomenal, but, you know, you obviously do have to understand <laughs> the the limitations. Exactly. And, of course, technology has moved on too. But imagine in 2013 a lot of them would have been hard copies that were sold. Nowadays, you know, you get a lot of promotion by social media, which you wouldn't have had in those days, and you can track that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's certainly something that I looked into looking at Facebook, Instagram and Twitter analytics and then also using the Way Back When platform, which I didn't know about until Vanessa pointed me towards it. Way Back Um, When? Yeah, so it's a platform that allows you to look at basically what a website looked like in a certain time frame that you, you know, it basically takes a bunch of screenshots essentially. Um, So I looked at Wayback's When's, you know, BZE website back in 2013 to have an understanding about what it looked like. Completely different, you know, Mm. its it's user interface was a lot more, you know, to no fault of its own, but a lot clunkier and, and you just couldn't find much. And then now the access to the reports on the website, it's all very easy, fun and friendly to look at. So I think that's probably a massive difference, even, you know, aside from the buildings plan, that progress from BZE to to have something that's really accessible. Um, it's, you know, phone compatible as well. So I could read the buildings plan on my phone if I wanted, you know, going paperless and all that. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive. So given that the methodology was a moving feast, probably then two very important areas that came out of it for you were working out a way to uh, for future reports to be assessed and also the qualitative um, information yes. that, that you got from it. Yeah, absolutely. You, you mentioned in that that a couple of sources for the data collection included interviews for those involved in the building management in the industry and social surveying. Can you tell me what the difference is between that, those two? 
Yeah, so, I mean, social surveying would be something that I would have hoped to do in the future. Looking, um, you know, people that I spoke to as well on, on the report suggested the ideas of doing an online survey of just local residences to see if... Um, the so there was actually a spin-off of the buildings plan um, report called the Energy Freedom Home Report, which is an incredible report as well to check out. It was developed by Richard Keach and it sort of looks at the residential side of buildings management um, and retrofitting your house to be more sustainable. So um, it's for residential houses? Yes, correct. So I think that's probably one thing, just first of all, the buildings plan tended to focus on lots of the commercial side of things, looking at, you know, the board of buildings, you know, ABCB, looking at um, the National Construction Code, looking at that the political side of things and, and changing um, the, I guess, the the conversation around commercial buildings because obviously they make such a big impact in terms of their energy consumption and um, carbon consumption but the yeah the energy freedom home was a lot more residential so it'd be really interesting to see I guess home surveying social surveying for just you know the -the run-of-the-mill people like myself to see if they had ever heard about this report because I know before you know unfortunately before I started working with BZE um, or volunteering with BZE that I hadn't heard of this report either. So I think that would be really interesting to see how we could make that a bigger impact. You know, how do we disseminate that information more more freely? And then um, what was the other one? The So that's the social surveillance yeah, side was, of it. And yeah. the other was uh, interviews with yes. those in building management and industry. Yes. So the, the interviews that I was able to do, um, were were incredible. Honestly, they that was definitely the more qualitative side of the impact. So it was basically I reached out to as many people as I could um, with the help of Heidi um, and Vanessa on LinkedIn actually, and just sent them messages. Um, so they yeah they didn't know who I was. They I sort of just prefaced the idea with. Hey, I'm, you know, currently volunteering with BZE. I really would like to hear your thoughts on what you worked on the buildings plan. And I honestly thought I was going to get maybe one or two responses and maybe a 15 minute phone call. But all the people that I managed to speak with had one incredible insight, but two, you know, put aside, you know, 45 minutes of their of their really busy days to actually come and speak with me. So I think that's certainly a credit to both the people that worked on the report, but BZE itself in in interacting that that I guess that community atmosphere and the types of people that want to continue disseminating this yeah incredible information so it was pretty cool and we'll get on to that a little bit later on if you've just joined in and tuned in we're talking to Madeline John um, who did the impact assessment report for the BZE buildings plan you mentioned it a number of times the Australian Buildings Code Board and other building associations did you find that the the report had any influence there at all? Yeah, so I think that was certainly the the hardest part of the big like the the beginnings of this impact assessment in that you know the number of emails and phone tags and sort of this this circle that I was getting sent on just getting bounced around to different people was yeah it, I found that it was I didn't gain much positive information from that at all you know people didn't really speak about the buildings plan people didn't you know I think I ended up um, emailing and and contacting someone from ABCB and they sort of just spoke about how the national construction code influences their 
their new reports and you know, they, they didn't really speak much about the work that BZE was doing or even, aside from the building's plan itself, the, the notions of carbonless or gasless buildings. They didn't really speak much to it no. Okay, all. so it hasn't had much traction there yet. No, it doesn't appear to be. And I spoke with um, Richard Keach. Again, he, he mentioned that um, there's a, groups currently lobbying for the new ABCB report to be far more stringent in terms of these, yeah, buildings, codes, boards and that sort of stuff. So The, the construction industry, I think, is a very conservative industry. It takes yeah. a long time to change. Absolutely. Certainly something that I, I learned from, from doing this um, impact assessment. But what I was really pleased with, how many libraries had publicly available copies of the report? Yeah, so I think that's probably the, the one quantitative assessment that I was actually able to sort of somewhat conclusively managed to get. Um, so it was 46 libraries across Australia that have a printed copy in their libraries. So I, I created a little map that basically showed the distribution of where these libraries are. Um, I listed them all, obviously, in the large report, but um, it certainly did seem to reflect um a congregation around, you know, Sydney and Melbourne, you know, the East Coast sort of side, which I guess is obviously reflected in population-wise of Australia. So that's a, a positive there. But I think speaking to a gentleman named uh, Brad Schultz, he actually enlightened me that the building's plan was somewhat more Southern-centric in its ideas. You know, it didn't really cater for Queensland or those sort of more tropical areas where lots of the things like insulation and just, you know, putting in woolen insulation, for example, isn't really an option with humidity and et cetera, et cetera. So I think that was really interesting as well, that um, it certainly does seem to reflect that Victoria, New South Wales mindset for sure. Mm, interesting, isn't it? Yes. So I understand from what you're saying that you interviewed a lot of the contributors to the report. And um, it sounds really interesting to hear about some of their comments. So could you share some of those with us? To yeah, absolutely. So again, yeah, the, the people that I was able to interview were incredibly kind and, you know, managed to fit me into their extremely busy schedule. Richard Keach was the first person that um, I interviewed. He had a lot to do with the Energy Freedom Home Report, which was the spin-off. He attributed the building's plan to his third career, which he currently does now, um, working with renewables. He said that there's also not a month that goes by that he doesn't grab the building's plan off his shelf, which I think was just wow. one of the best quotes to get ever. Um, so he said that, you know, as much as it may even not now, have... Yeah, still, he, wow, he literally said even now, because it's just an incredible congregation of information, both on its the sort of political and legitimate side of things in terms of, you know, Green Star ratings. And so he said it's just an incredible sort of coagulation of, of information, even if perhaps some of the numbers and figures may be a little bit outdated now. But Tim Forsey, who was another gentleman, he, he actually said that that's a, a really good thing, that it's outdated now because it means that there's actually progress. You know, if if the report was still as relevant as it was in 2013, it actually would be a disservice to, to what's actually going on, you know. Mm. So I think that was an incredible insight to both have that sort of really positive, you know, it's still relevant, but it's also not, and that's a good thing. So yeah. I think that was cool. And 
Speaking about Tim Forsey, mm. he started My Efficient Electric Home. Yes, I was actually, yeah, so it's a Facebook page um, if anyone wants to check it out, My Efficient Electric Home. Um, I just joined it as well um, about a month ago and it just has some incredible uh, yeah, insight of people just wanting to retrofit and develop their home to be more sustainable, to be more energy efficient and it just has some incredible information there that is accessible and um, Tim Forsey is also very, very good in checking that consistently like he he gets so excited by it from what I could hear in his voice when I was speaking to him yeah he's constantly checking that and and giving people insight and you should see is you know the list of resources that he sends to people was also another really good contributor to this impact assessment report I was able to find so much great information so and he also has other people contributing and helping with questions that yes yeah pose yeah absolutely Richard Keach is another um, person that contributes to that as mm. well which is really cool to see. And another person who we interviewed a year or so ago and she's based in Canberra. Yeah. And 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 it's just, I think that's one of the biggest benefits about, I guess, development and technology that um, I guess we've spoken about is that it has this ability to have a platform for people to, like-minded individuals, to be able to come together and really discuss things that will impact not only them potentially economically, but also on a larger scale. You know, like people think that one household might not make much of a difference, but when that one household turns into 3,000 households, it makes a massive difference and it means that it makes more of a difference than potentially 100-room commercial building, for example. So it works both sides, both res- residentially and commercially. It, it's important to make an impact in both in both facets, for sure. Are you saying that this building's plan actually had spin-off by Richard Keach and Tim Forsey in producing their own either reports or... Absolutely. Or Facebook pages. Yeah, and, and speaking and to the them reason. both, yeah, they, they definitely said that the Facebook page and this Energy Freedom Home Report were both direct spin-offs from the building's plan. So mm-hmm. it's not just, you know, the intrinsic value of the report itself holding in your hand. It's the people that it impacted. It's their careers. It's their development. It's their understanding. It's, you know, these reports and the people that they've managed to impact on a, on a much broader level. And what inspired them. Yeah. That's the amazing absolutely. thing, isn't it? I mean, even, even myself, you know, like even just being able to do this report, I've learned a huge amount that I know that I'll bring back to my household for sure. Oh, yeah. And that, that's very interesting in terms of theory of change, isn't it? That actually it's not, you, you sort of believe that you're pulling a report together and it's going to be the people reading the report who will be mostly impacted and of course you hope for that but it's very interesting that all the people engaged with producing it that it has you know developments and flow-on effects with them as well yeah absolutely and I was um I had this privilege of speaking with the volunteer coordinator um, Madeline Townsend mm-hmm. um, at BZE and she was also just discussing that you know there's 300 constant volunteers at BZE and I'm not sure if that number's changed but even that's just a huge number that can then impact you know potentially their four or five person household that can then tell their schoolmates and then they you know like it, it it's a flow-on effect for sure which I think is really cool. And are there any other contributors that... Yeah, absolutely. I do want to make a mention to James Bramwell, who works at Sustainability Victoria, who said that it kicked the gas as a transition fuel narrative. So I thought that was quite a good way of putting it. That's Mm. really important. Yeah, absolutely. John Scheel, um, who said that it was just an incredible accumulation of work researched, written and explored by a highly skilled team. So I think that's a really important thing to note, is that the people working on this report 
have backgrounds in, you know, engineering or or buildings development and that sort of stuff. It's not just as much as they are incredible. It's not just grassroots, you know, protesting. It's real world research. It's, you know, coming from backgrounds and years of experience that allow people to have this tangible sort of, yep, carbonless or gasless buildings is actually possible. It's not just a word that we're throwing out there. We are showing you how it's actually done. So I think that's really cool. LK Lindner said that um, the volunteers and their stories, which was the most incredible impact, um, Ty Hollingsby, Dominic Hez, Trevis Moore and Jenny Lewis all said that it's yeah still holding its value when a wonderful and transformative work by BZE. So just incredible words that all of these people have said, not just on the buildings plan, but BZE is an organisation in itself. So they mentioned that you're saying not just the plan itself, that's what their experience has been Absolutely. overall. Yeah. So I think I, I never really had this – I never thought it would be as big as it was. You know, when I first started out, it really was just like an incredible opportunity to, you know, work amongst, you know, people at BZE for a non-for-profit, you know, in – like I want to get into um, environmental politics. I want to get into that with my degree. So it was just an incredible opportunity. But I never thought that I'd be able to meet people that one were like-minded, two that I will I'm sure be contacting further and three just had such incredible words about BZE as an organisation as well. So you you mentioned that a more in-depth analysis based on these findings is recommended and that this only touches the surface of the impact that the buildings plan has had. So what do you base that on and what further analysis can be done? Yeah, so I think um, speaking with Jen at PwC and um, Amanda Nuttall and Ross Wyatt at Think Impact, they both had this idea of suggesting um, this wide scale, the the social assessment that we were speaking about, um, having a set of questions that would allow us to have this I guess, yeah, broader understanding of how it impacted people individually, something that I myself or Cara, you know, together weren't able to achieve in the short amount of time that we had. You know, it was certainly focusing on more, yeah, that that conversational thing between people that worked on the report. I would love to see, yeah, a wide-scale survey of some kind, um, how to go about that, not too sure. Obviously wouldn't want to, you know, send out pamphlets or anything, trying to make it all online, but then how do we get that information out there, not just for the survey. but So I'd love to see that that sort of side of things. But I guess other suggestions that I developed slash the people that I had the privilege of interviewing developed were looking more at the document publication reach and the community engagement. So utilising the website a little bit more to create summary reports or having sort of snapshots of the things that the buildings plan suggested in these sort of bite-sized little nugget pieces. I think that would probably be, yeah, the best way to increase impact. Fantastic. And we're just out of time now. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for your time, Maddie. Thank you so much for having me. We've been speaking to Maddie John, a student working on the BZE Building Plan Impact Report. The Beyond Zero show is brought to you by the Climate Change Solutions Think Tank, Beyond Zero Emissions, and is recorded in the studios of 3CR Melbourne, and syndicated around Australia on the Community Radio Network. Previous episodes of this show are available on iTunes and Stitcher, so please subscribe to help others find the show. If you enjoy the program and can donate to help cover airtime costs, please go to the BZD website and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to you joining us again next week.
Beyond Zero Emissions is an internationally recognised climate solutions think tank that is focused on solutions, not problems. Become part of the solution by becoming a monthly base load supporter. Go to www.bze.org.au to find out more. bze.org.au You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.